Start with a great design, inviting, attractive design. Today, no big corporation can survive without that incredible design. For small businesses, it's important as well. We were competing with other small businesses that really try just to compete on pricing, the design, the look, clean store, good smell store. Those are basic. CEOs often feel stuck in the grind of scaling their business and feel like they're missing out on the best parts of life, like family, friends, or travel. On this podcast, CEOs come to take themselves and their companies to the next level. Let's dive into the millionaire mind with your host, Dallin Schultz. Hey folks, just wanted to add a quick little disclaimer. We do have a little bit of audio glitching in this episode and just want to let you know that our team works really, really hard to provide a quality product. But at the end of the day, sometimes there's technical issues and we did our best to improve it. But just so you know, you are going to hear a little bit of that through this episode. I promise you it's not going to disrupt the message and you're still going to find a tremendous amount of value. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting us and enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome back to another Millionaire Mind episode where I have some of the most successful business owners sharing what motivates them to get out of bed every morning and how they elevate themselves and their companies to the next level. And some of my favorite guests to have on the show are those that I would consider serial entrepreneurs. They've founded and exited multiple businesses. And the reason I enjoy getting them on is because of the ability to do just that over and over again as a result of their systems, their processes, their mindset, relationships, and really just the ability to recognize opportunity and capitalize on it. And our guest today is one of these people. So today you're going to gain some insight into what it takes to really scale and accent not just one, but multiple businesses. So really excited to get into it. Special welcome to our guest, Yuvi Shmuel. Yuvi, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. My pleasure. Great intro. You just included me in a great group of people. So thank you. Yeah, it's good to be here. <laughs> well, Yuvi, why don't you take a few minutes and just share with our listener a little bit about who you are and what you're doing today. And then sure. once you do that, we'll take it back and talk about the journey. Sure. So as you mentioned, I've done multiple businesses in different industries. I've always liked doing that. The business itself and the industry itself was never as important for me. But just to create something that was interesting for me and being passionate about, that's that's what I've done most of my life. Currently, I have a company that was evolved through my career, and the name is Casvid, stands for Casual Video. And what it is, it's an app for employment for people that are looking for uh, jobs or gigs, with the main difference being that instead of just having a traditional resume, you have a video resume. So the concept is to kind of take uh, dating apps, meeting TikTok, meeting LinkedIn or Indeed, and put it in an easy-to-use, free social media platform where employers and employees can match via video, via resume, and video job posting. So that's what I'm doing these days. That's such an incredible idea. And the fact that you've been able to kind of take the idea of multiple platforms and bring it into one for a specific purpose, I think just a quick insight into how your mind works and recognizing opportunities. So Yuvi, let's stay here for a minute. Before we talk about your journey, let's talk about Casvid a little bit. What really inspired this opportunity for you? Sure. It's a great question. So there are two elements. One is from the company side. I've done a lot of small businesses, mid-sized businesses, and it's always extremely expensive to market your services to potential employees, right? We always compete with the big boys, the big guys, big guys and gals. 
And um, they have unlimited budget to go and find employees. And as a small business, as a mid-sized business, you don't have it. So I wanted to have a business that can do that and can provide affordable, very affordable way to reach candidates. So that was number one. Number two, again, as a business owner and probably anyone who hires anybody, many times you get a, a resume, a traditional written resume, and the resume doesn't mean anything. If you hire anyone for any position, uh, customer service, sales, dispatcher, the story goes on and on. Probably 90% of jobs out there. The person's charisma, personality, how they speak, how they carry themselves is so important. So the idea of the video was, I didn't invent it. I mean, video resumes have been around for a while. But yeah, one day definitely clicked to take the concept kind of a dating app with the video concept, video resume, and the LinkedIn and so on and so forth. And finally, on the flip side, you know, from the candidate side, I have a lot of friends and people I've been with, and they are recent graduates from college or maybe didn't go to college, it doesn't matter, but maybe they're in the entry level job market, or maybe they, they've done sales or cold calls or customer service for many years. And again, the resume doesn't represent them. Just a written resume takes a lot from who they are. They're passionate about any job they've done. And if they can demonstrate that passion in 30 seconds or in 25 seconds, I would hire them over somebody with a by far more comprehensive and impressive background or education. So that's when it all came together. It was definitely an aha moment. We started it during COVID, when, about the time that COVID started, and, and it made a lot of sense. And then since then, people more and more want to move to remote jobs, want to be able to work remotely, want to be able to work from all over the world. And again, it's just like a perfect fit into what candidates want and what companies can do. Today with technology, companies can and should hire a lot of people remotely, wherever they are. And here's again an opportunity to have a match that is independent of the location of the company and the location of the candidate and just really bring them together in a fast, easy, easy to use way. So that was kind of like the, the entire concept. And that's how we got here today. But that was the first question. Can you imagine what happened when you asked me the second question? The entire hour will go away. <laughs> For real. So you mentioned some stuff in here that I want to touch on that I think is important to recognize. Number one, I've heard this quote a while back. I can't remember where I heard it, who shared it, but it's right in line with what you were sharing. And it says, this person specifically said, I hire for attitude, not for experience. And based on what you were saying, when somebody has a written resume, you can't know that person. You can't determine if they're really a good fit for the job because all that's doing is listing their experience. And let's be honest, a lot of resumes in today's world are probably written by chat GBT. Exactly. That's what I want to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like very yeah. few people probably don't even know how to write a resume. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because to your point, UV, when you can connect with somebody, when you can, I always prefer in person, right? When you can look someone in the eye, shake their hand, there's a tangible energy feel vibe you get when you meet that person. If you can't do that, video is the next best thing. And, oh, yeah, and if you can offer that for candidates and employers, especially for remote jobs, like if somebody's living in Seattle and they're applying for a job in Miami, if you can conduct that interview through efficient methods with video and know that they're a good fit, then why wouldn't you? It saves people a lot of time, money, expense. Yeah. So I think it's an incredible opportunity that you were able to recognize and capitalize on given where we're heading as a country. You actually mentioned a few things, but one, 
You're right. I believe that attitude and energy and the way somebody carries himself and passion about what they do is number one. I mean, clearly, if we're going to hire a heart surgeon or an engineer to build a bridge, we need more than just an attitude. We need the credentials. Sure. Sure. For 90% of the jobs, regardless, again, if it's in sales or it's in management or it's in customer service, I would say 90% of the job, it's about the attitude and it's about the desire to be successful. And yes, I mean, meeting face to face somebody, like you said, there is no replacement to that. However, many times as a small business person or even hiring manager, you have an interview and somebody looks great on paper. And then as soon as they show up to the interview from the first second, you say, well, that person I'm not interested in. So this app is actually a pre-interview tool. It's to be able to sense to smell the person in a way before you even interview them. I can see somebody within 20 seconds on a video. And even if if I'm not going to hire them, at least I know that it's a no. And if it's a no, it saves a lot of time, especially for a small business owner and a mid-sized business person. So I think that's that's the concept. And it's the same with anything you do in terms of clients or, or potential partners in your business or potential investors in your business. The story goes on and on. I mean, I think... You can see somebody in, in a video and say immediately, I'm going to move on. I'm not necessarily taking it to the next step. So that's what it's all about. I love it. I love it. It's a way to, to make things more efficient for people on both sides, whether it's the employer doing the hiring or the employee looking for a job. So yeah. well, awesome, Ubi. Thanks for giving us some more insight into Casvit and really the purpose and the challenge that it's solving. But let's get into your journey now. Let's take it back. Like, When would you say this entrepreneur journey, if you will, really began for UV? Well, I would say birth, right? (laughs) I think think entrepreneurship is in the blood. I think there is definitely a group of people, whatever percentage, it's it's probably a normal normal curve, just like normal distribution, just like anything else. There is probably 20% of the population that have no desire to be an entrepreneur, 20% of the population that cannot think about anything other than just doing their own stuff. And 60% are probably in between. And that 60%, they have a little bit of spark of like, okay, let's try. But at the end of the day, I think even as a teenager, I started doing my own stuff, right? I got some ideas and I can get into the details, but I did a little bit of things even as a teenager that would be considered as an entrepreneur. Share with us, if you will. One of the things was, and it's a story I haven't told in a long time, but kind of a little bit before telemarketing was such a big thing. The concept of direct marketing was such a big thing. We're talking about Four decades ago, so three, four decades ago. But anyway, so a local newspaper in, in my town where I grew up, they wanted us to uh, reach people via flyers and promote the newspaper. And honestly, I don't remember if it was my idea or the other person's idea. But I said, okay, in addition to get the location or the mailing address of the person, let's also get the phone number and call them. It was like, sure, every flyer you get, you know, whatever it was, a penny for every phone number you get a nickel, whatever it was. Anyway, I got a group of people from high school and whatever I was getting paid, I was getting paid a penny and an equal. I paid them 60% of that. And I had a team of like five people just going around town and get all the data. And probably I was able to buy M&Ms at the end of the week. I don't know what I was able to buy. So it's not like I made a fortune, but, but yeah, the concept of just taking any idea, systemize it a little bit, get a few people involved, make a couple of pesos in the way, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And yeah, it was pretty good. So that's probably the first time, quote unquote, that I had like entrepreneurial spirit, so to speak. Did you come from a home with parents that were entrepreneurial or was this something that you felt like you just were drawn to different people in your life and you knew like, hey, that's what I want to do? Sure. Yes and no. So no, both my parents had traditional jobs. 
my dad specifically worked in whatever company. He was an electrician. He was there for 40 years. But once he retired, he started trading. His hobbies were like collecting coins, collecting phone cards. If, if you remember back in the days when there were still pay phones and phone cards, he was collecting just different phone cards and was trading them. And so there was some entrepreneurial spirit there as well. There was entrepreneurial spirit there for sure. But no, in general, I did not necessarily see it at home. I would say for me, the drive for entrepreneurship was simply stated, you know, do whatever I enjoy to, you know, enjoy doing, do whatever I want to do, do whatever I'm passionate about doing, not being restricted to the traditional nine to five and good old fashioned make money. I just wanted to like make a few bucks in the process. So for me, it made sense just to make it happen just on my own. And then looking back the last 30 years, I mean, no doubt in my mind that entrepreneurship and starting your own business, and this is the number one way to create wealth. I mean, I'm, I'm not the one person to say it, right? But, yeah. but unless you're, you're lucky enough to be a you know, professional athlete or, or successful actor, actress, whatever, the number one way to truly create wealth, I think, is entrepreneurship and starting your own business. So yeah, for me, it just made sense. Now, when people, when, when people often hear the word wealth, they immediately think of financial wealth and success. But in my experience, entrepreneurship offers way more than just potential financial success. So, Yuvi, in, in your words, share with our listener what, what wealth is to you. Oh, it's a, that's a great question. That's a great question. It's a great way to, like, to really put it in a small box. For me... Wealth is happiness, and happiness, first and foremost, is have great friends, great family, great friends, and do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do, and that's, for me, number one wealth, right? I mean, you have the old story. I'll give the short version, but the old story of a fisherman sitting on the dock and just fishing, right? He's just, you know, catching, like, one fish at a time. Somebody comes to him and says, what do you do? You know, he's like, oh, I, you know, I catch fish, and I sell it, and I, you know, and I'm happy, you know, the guy is like, why don't you have a boat and catch more fish? So the fisherman asked him, and then what? He's like, well, you can grow your business. And then what? And then you can have five boats and, and, and then make more money, catch more fish, make more money. And then the fisherman asked him, and then what? He's like, then you can sell your business and have all this money and do whatever you want to do. And he's like, well, I do whatever I want to do right now. So it's like, I think I still talk to a lot of people today and a lot of people ask me that question. And I'm, I'm going to pull a little bit the generational card, but especially younger generation, they're like, oh yeah, let's start this business. I want to start a business. I want to make a billion dollars. I start this business. I want to have like, you know, the next unicorn business. So I tell me, slow down. Obviously to, to have the next billion dollar idea, to have the next unicorn, it's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But realistically, one out of a billion actually make it, right? One out of a million make it, whatever. But start something small you enjoy doing but more importantly, you have the time to do what, what you want to do, you know, spend time with family, spend time with friends, travel. And that's what I've done you know, since, since I was in my 20s. And for me, that's wealth. You know, having a bigger house, a bigger car, there is always somebody with a bigger car. There's always somebody with a bigger house. So hopefully that kind of, again, answers your question. But I think it's a great question. If somebody can make that mindset shift, I mean, you'll be happy. That's the most important thing. And let's be honest, you could do a lot with money. You could create a lot of experiences, have a lot of fun. But, and even if that's the reason you get started, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but you'll realize very quickly that it's not what's most important. This is a perfect example. Like as silly as this is, hopefully one of our listeners will realize some of the small benefit of just being an entrepreneur. So prior to me becoming my own 
business owner, I worked in a hospital. I was a, a registered nurse and you have your schedule a month in advance. You know who's working, when's working, and hospitals are notorious for being short-staffed. There's never enough people to take care of all the patients that are there. And there's like legit times where I felt like crap, just physically. I was sick, I was flu, I had whatever it was. And I would feel so guilty calling in and calling in sick because I felt like crap. Like I felt like I couldn't take the time I needed for myself because I'd be letting staff down, coworkers, like they were depending on me. And that was really, I felt guilty. I took that upon myself. When I became my own boss, if I felt like crap and I could barely get out of bed, guess what? I rested. I stayed in bed. I didn't have to feel that guilt of calling in sick. Like something as small and little as that is something that I would consider wealth. You're absolutely right. And the main thing is I've talked to so many people and including my own personal experience. They say, hey, when I work for somebody else, you know, I was sick all the time, depressed all the time. You know, I didn't want to go to work, whatever. Today, I work for myself. I have, I'm putting in twice as many hours. I'm never sick. I enjoy what I'm doing. I prefer that over even going and playing golf or tennis or, or do whatever activities that normally I would enjoy doing. I just enjoy what I'm doing. And entrepreneurship comes with a lot of stress. But that's obviously a different, probably different topic and, and different discussion about what are the tools you can do to like, minimize the stress and be more successful quicker. But regardless, I think every person that I know that you talk to went from good old J-O-B to entrepreneurship. They don't know. No, not, not at all. So, yeah. well, Yuvi, take us a little bit more through your journey. So you said this, it really started when you were in high school and you brought this team together and you were doing direct marketing. Tell us about, I guess, the first, what I would consider like real business, real opportunity that you got involved in. My business in high school was real. I told you I made enough money to have M&Ms. <laughs> but yeah, I would say that I was touching a few startup companies. Uh, they were good old dot companies back in 2000, 2001. They were not primarily mine, you know, so I would not consider them kind of my story. But then I moved to Phoenix around 2022, sorry, 2002, 20 years ago. I moved to Phoenix and I looked into different small businesses to buy. And I couldn't really find any business that I liked. So through that process, I got introduced. I was introduced to a to business broker. So then I started my own business brokerage firm. And that was probably the first business that I would consider a successful business. I, I did pretty well. All we did there, all I did there is kind of probably just a little bit more hardworking, you know, rolling up the sleeve, so to speak, a little bit more marketing, a little bit more hardworking, being more accessible, being more available than the guy next door. Somebody called me, I picked up the phone. And so many business owners that wanted to sell their business, so they were like, wow, you're picking up the phone. I'm like, yeah, I'm in sales. Of course I'm going to pick up. It. So really, I don't think we've done anything unique, but, but that was probably the first uh, successful story. Hold but, on, Yubi. I want to touch on something right there that is gold. And our listener may have overlooked it. When you started this business brokerage, you simply made yourself available to a point oh, where when businesses called you, they were like, holy shit, someone's picking up the phone. It's like, yeah, I'm picking up the phone. Like, that right there, I hope our listener realizes, or anyone listening to this, it can be as simple as that. It can okay. be as simple as just picking up your phone and being available when people try to reach you. And I think we often fall into this trap as business owners and entrepreneurs that we need this incredible new idea, never thought of like blue ocean strategy, when in reality, you can take something that's existing and just improve the experience 
by a degree and you could be successful. Absolutely. In fact, I would say that, so prior to that, I was involved for a short period of time. I was involved with Wall Street and I saw a few companies that had the innovative idea or innovative product and they were successful. But again, the story there is one in a million make it, right? I mean, whatever the statistics are, but uh, however you want to form the statistics. But yet to create a completely new product, a completely new idea, you need more than ever, you need a lot of capital. You need a lot of skills. You need a lot of connections. So even if you have the perfect idea and everything is perfect, 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 99% chance you're not going to make it. Versus what you just said, if you just find the nearby, whatever it is, there is a place, you and I are here in Phoenix, in the metro Phoenix area, but there is a place, I'm not going to mention the name, it doesn't matter, but they provide haircut by membership. Not that you would know, my friend, but they provide haircut by memberships, right? So I had the same idea 10 years ago. Just a place where you can go and you pay monthly and you can come unlimited as many times as you want. I'm sure no one comes every week, but people probably come. I'm sorry, I'm sure no one comes every day, but people probably come every week or every 10 days and they come and they get a haircut, right? So nothing here is really innovative, but the location is just beautifully designed location. You schedule the appointment online, you show up, people know you by name, you know, they know your haircut. It's just a completely different experience for a simple thing, the haircut. And they're very successful and I'm happy for them. So, yeah, I mean, just taking a business and just provide a little bit better customer service, a little bit better follow-up, treat your employees, treat your manpower a little bit better so your manpower stays, your employees stay. Those little tweaks can really make the business very successful. And you don't need, quote-unquote, to invent the next Instagram or whatever it is, right? So, yeah, I agree with you. Sorry, I apologize for interrupting you earlier, but you glossed over that. I was like, oh, no, no, this is important. This is huge for people to recognize because I'm telling you, there's likely opportunity slapping you in the face right now and you don't even know it all day long they're all they're all around us but it's because we have this idea or vision of what it might need to be when in reality we're probably overcomplicating it and especially people like me i'm the one with the ideas the thoughts i want to create this whole elaborate thing in my head first before i start executing and sometimes that gets me into trouble where oftentimes you just got to take action and figure it out as you go i agree yeah. So awesome. All right. Go ahead, Yuvi. I, I didn't mean to, to interrupt you earlier. No, that's fine. But from there, as a business broker, I was introduced to a few businesses that I really like. And both of them were in retail, but one of them specifically was cell phone stores. And again, it was pretty simple business. And I saw a few cell phone stores that were pretty successful. I ended up collaborating with two people that started a cell phone chain here in, in town. That cell phone chain eventually, with my help and their help, we eventually uh, Expanded nationwide. It was a pretty successful operation, but that actually fits back into what we said a second ago. It was just a very simple operation, but we just spend an extra attention to the design of the store, to the look, to the feel, to the customer experience, to the follow up with customers. And it paid. It was a successful operation, although it was in an industry that in a way was a little bit dying. So, but anyway, so that was another kind of success story. And then the next one was uh, similar to that, was also in the retail space. We had a video game chain. And again, that video game chain was kind of towards the end of the cycle of the concept of video game stores, video game businesses. But yeah, what we did is, again, just kind of like a little bit better customer experience, better marketing, just be able to have a great experience. There is a business I really like, uh, Dutch Brothers. I don't know if you know them, but I'm a big fan of Dutch Brothers, you know, regardless if you are a coffee drinker or not. But I don't know if you know the story, but I would recommend for anyone who is interested in entrepreneurship to look into their story and to see what they're doing differently. 
but they will open a location kitty corner to Starbucks and they will still have line that goes 50 and cars deep for people to order the drinks and God bless them. But the drinks are probably on the sugary side, probably not the healthiest, probably not the cheapest. And they're very successful. And it's all about the experience, right? You come to the door, people always have energy. They greet you. They have like, it's a great experience. It's a great experience. And anyone and everyone can duplicate it. If it's in a coffee shop, if you provide, if you're a landscaper, if you're a pool guy, if you're a nutrition, if you're a locksmith, anyone can, can really give a great experience, better experience than the other guys. That's what I've done in a few of the businesses. And I think in a game's respect what makes business successful. You've mentioned this multiple times. I made it very clear. And the word you were using was experience, which is often associated with a feeling or an emotion. So what I want to do is I want to dive a little deeper into that, into how you were able to implement or improve the experience with these everyday industries. Again, you didn't create the cell phone stores. You didn't create video game stores. You improved the experience of something that was already existing. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, I want to get into some of these specific examples and things that you did to really improve that experience for your customer or client. Hey guys, my name is Nate Hare. I'm the executive director at Directed IRA. Directed IRA is a company that exists to provide a solution for people that want to invest their retirement accounts, be it IRAs or old 401ks, into things like real estate or things outside of the stock market. If you want to invest your IRA or old 401k into investments like real estate, apartments, syndications, or the great investments that Rev Equity has to provide, make sure that you reach out to us. You can find our information on investwithrev.com or our website, www.directedira.com. Open a self-directed IRA and invest in alternatives today. All right. Welcome back to Millionaire Mind. So right before the commercial break, UV was really stressing the importance of improving the experience. And if you did nothing else but took an existing company and improved the experience for your customer, you could be successful. So Yuvi, share with our listener some of the specific things that you and your team implemented to really improve that experience for people. Sure. I'll give you an example for the cell phone store. I had a video game store and uh, right now I also locksmith uh, service. So we'll talk about all of those, but it's kind of uh, related to what we're talking about. So with the cell phone stores and, and the video game stores, the retail, my friend, my business partner, you know, Jimmy always used to say, it's about the feeling, it's about the look and the sound and the smell of when you go to the store, you know. So start with a great design, inviting, attractive design. Again, today, a lot of corporations, no big corporation can survive without that incredible design. But, but for small businesses, it's important as well. You know, we were competing with other small businesses that really tried just to compete on pricing. You know, when you go to the store, you didn't even want to be there. So it was about, you know, the design, the look, and again, like good, clean store, good smell store. Those are basics. You know, as customers, we go to a restaurant. If we go to the bathroom and the bathroom is not clean, it just destroys our entire experience. So that should be the same if you have a retail business or if you provide service. We have a locksmith uh, business that is pretty successful nationwide. And the most important is when technician shows up, to walk, you know, they need to be clean. They need to dress well. They need to show up with a smile. Their car needs to be organized. Their car needs to be clean inside. There are times that the customer looks into the, into the technician's car. When it looks like not great, it makes the customer feel to have an interaction with the technician. Those are the basics, right? And again, from there, it's just staying in touch with the customer. Come in. We used to have good 
rapport with the people that provide a service or sells products, you need to make sure that the employees and yourself as a business owner, you know, you, you constantly provide good experience, smiling, talking, inviting people to connect, to have a basic rapport. So that's why people want to do business with you, right? There's the good old saying that no one wants to buy. I'm sorry, no one wants to be sold. They want to buy. If you just try to push a product on somebody, or if somebody comes and you feel like ah, it's not a great experience, you know, they're not interested in being sold. They're not interested in even being there. But if you invite them in and it's a great experience, then they want to buy. And that's much better. So hopefully that kind of answered your question. It did. And I appreciate you sharing those examples. And as you were discussing, it just clicked in my brain. Like, no wonder you started Casvid. Because what that is, is a video resume so that employers and employees can get a feel, can experience that feeling. This is something you've integrated into all of your businesses to find that feel, that emotion. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So when it comes, even for employees being hired, right? If there are so many surveys of why do people stay in a job? Well, sure, income, how much they make is important. But many times the most important element is their relationship with their boss. If they feel like they have good relationship with the boss, that overcomes many times, maybe a little bit lower pay, maybe a little bit longer hours, maybe a little bit stressful situation. So back to Kesley, if somebody looking for a job and they see you saying, hey, we have a job openings and this is a job opening versus they see somebody else that they say, we have a job opening, here is a job opening, that candidate will choose who they want to talk to. So it goes both ways, right? It's the candidate and the employer both need each other. The employers want to get the best candidates too. So it's not, it's really not different than a dating app. When two people look at each other, yeah, that's a potentially good relationship. But let's not start talking about relationship and marriage and all this stuff. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, so I agree with you. It's, It's important for people to understand every person, every person that I ever meet. And he tells me, I want to start the business, you know, but I'm not a salesperson. Oh. Don't start a business. You always need to sell. You always need to sell yourself. Not everybody yeah. needs to be the, you know, the slick, the smooth, quote unquote, car salesman. But you always need to sell yourself first and foremost, and then promote your business or your product or your services or whatever you want to promote, right? What people don't realize is that they're selling themselves already every single day. I'm selling myself to my wife every single day that I'm worth keeping around, that I'm a good husband, that I'm a good father, right? I think when it comes to sales, I agree 100% with you've got to be able to sell, but maybe it looks different than what you think it's supposed to be. Because a lot of us, when we think of sales, we think of that used car salesman type of approach. It's not. And if you can pivot from trying to sell and realize that people want to buy. They don't want to be sold. They want to buy. Now you start transitioning and setting up your business to attract the type of people you want to do. And then selling becomes more natural and organic. And you brought up a really good point. And I've heard this time and time again from other business owners we've had on the show. People will often turn down a higher paying job If they're in a place where they feel recognized, they feel valued, they feel important, they feel significant. And a lot of that comes down to the experience. And I think a lot of business owners don't realize is that I think a lot of them get into business and realize that they want to create a better experience for their clients, but they underestimate how important it is to create that experience for your partners as well and your employees and the people that are helping you deliver this improved experience to the clients as well. 
Yeah. So many times, I mean, just the day-to-day of any business, any profession, any job, I mean, it's so stressful, right? To be a professional athlete and just have all that great success, I guarantee you it comes with unlimited amount of stress. You know, it's not easy, right? I mean, to be, again, a great actor or actress, to be a great singer, it's not easy. So that comes with a lot of stress. So it's important to remind yourself to stop and think for a second and to remind yourself to simply state it, be nice and be kind and treat others the way you want to be treated. And we all make mistakes and again, we all have bad days, but just very important on a, on a general basis just to, to have a great atmosphere and a great experience for everybody around you, all the way from the people in your household to all the way to the people that walk with you to your customers, you know? Excellent. Well, Yuvi, we're, we're going to pivot here a little bit because we've talked about a lot of good things, a lot of good strategy. We all make mistakes as business owners. We all learn. There's some pretty significant challenges often along the way. As you've pursued these businesses over the last few years, can you share with our listener, was there one in particular challenge or moment where I guess one of your biggest learning experiences that sure. really sticks out to you? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is under the topic of partnerships and partners. There is a lot to say about that. So if I get the microphone right now, I'll talk for a few minutes about that. But I would highly recommend people to get into partnerships. I think it's, you know, the, the concept of partnership is great, right? I mean, I have certain skills, you have certain skills, you know, let's share those skills so we can have one plus one equals three, so to speak, right? So we can use your energy and my energy, your skills, my skills, and create something bigger than what we can do separately. Two mistakes I would say about partnership. One is obviously very important. It needs to be so clear and so clear in writing about what's the relationship, what's your obligations, what's the other person's obligations, what you get out of it, what they get out of it. It needs to be so clear and so in writing. Hopefully by now people know that and understand it. It's worth the time to like write everything down, not for the sake of, you know, God forbid later have a disagreement and sue each other or whatever it is. That's not the point. The point is that we can always go to this roadmap and Paul can always say, okay, I said I'm doing ABCD. You said you do XYZ. You know, again, so that's very important. That's something I've done from very, very early in my relationship, a business relationship. So that was, wasn't necessarily a mistake. But that leads to my next point, which I would say that was the mistake. When you get into a partnership, especially in a small business, I feel like it's very important if you have two people, three people, they're very similar. Similar meaning probably about the same age group, probably the same political views, religious views. If one of them is married and have kids and devoting more time to the family, it's, it's probably important the other person is in the same boat. Because otherwise, very quickly, you start working together and there are issues. And there are issues, for example, mm-hmm. one person want to you know, coach your kids baseball in the afternoon, which is great. I feel like it's so important. You know, it's great that you develop you enjoy your family, but then the other person feels like, hey, I'm working all the time and you're not. I can give 7,027 examples right now for that, but I think you understand where I'm going with it. So I would say in summary, again, partnerships are great. I would choose my partners carefully. It's not much different than choosing your, you know, your boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, or whatever. I would choose them carefully and have a document that explains how you're going to proceed. Because otherwise, it's a huge source of stress. And I, and I saw it again and again and again. And including myself, I had times when I was not aligned with my partner and, and it just was not pleasant and it was not fruitful. So, yeah, I would say that's the number one advice. 
So let's say there's someone listening to this right now and they're deciding to get into business with a brother, family member, best friend. And up to this point, it's been verbal and a handshake. What advice would you give them? I would say if they can do it themselves, they can, they should. I think there's no replacement to just sit down and write, here's what I'm going to do. And here's what are you going to do, right? And in the event that we need to put more capital in, that's how we're putting capital in. In the event that we're taking money out, that's how we're taking money out. There are unlimited available resources online. I don't think that necessarily you need to go to an attorney's and all this stuff. All the, all the attorneys right now will call me and just like start, what are you, what are you doing? You're taking out of business, you know? No, but obviously if you feel like you need to and if there's more money involved or whatever, sure, use attorneys by all means. But if nothing else, have a basic document that says, okay, this is my commitment in terms of time commitment in terms of skills, responsibilities, and the most important is when things go great, what are we doing next? And if things go not so great, what are we doing next? It's so important to have it in writing. And if you have it in writing, that prevents a lot of headaches, you know, in the future. I would say one more thing, if you don't mind. You mentioned if you do it with your brother or family member or friends, there's always the notion of don't do any business with friends or family. I would say absolutely do business with friends and family. My best friends have been my business partners for decades, you know, and I had some people that I met in the business world and became my best friends, including spending Thanksgiving tonight dinner I have with my best friends who I met professionally and vice versa. You know, I have a nephew who was obviously a nephew first and he is my business partner in some of my businesses. But again, make sure that it's very clear the roadmap of what you're doing, you know, so there is no, so the family stays family, the friendship stays friendship. And it's not, if you have to refer to that document, it's when, in my experience, you brought up a good point. When things are going good, what happens next? But usually that's easy to have a conversation about. Everyone feels good. Things are going good. Uh, When things start going south or they don't work out as planned, that's a really good time to have this document to refer back to. And to Yuvi's point, like, yes, if there's a lot of money, more people, the best practice, get, get an operating agreement drafted up. That's legally binding, right? But if you're not there or this is something you're exploring, at minimum, open up a Word document and just draft out like, hey... UV, this is what you said you're going to do. Dallin, this is what you said you're going to do. Because then when things aren't going as planned, at least UV and I could sit down and be like, UV, you shared with me. We had this conversation. You said this is what you were going to do. What's going on? What reason is that not happening? And we can have a conversation about it. And it's happened. I've experienced it firsthand. And because we had those conversations and those things drafted up beforehand, even though it was not a fun conversation to have have if there wasn't much disagreement it was more like yeah you're right like that's what we talked about and here's the thing i'm guilty of this i will say one thing a week ago because of what was going what was happening and then i'll forget about it just because my mind is going 100 miles an hour so it's not intentional yeah it's not intentional so i might say or feel one way and a week later because of circumstances i might feel or say or think a different way. And so for me, I want to have things written down because then I can refer back to and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I do remember having that conversation. So it's beneficial for me to have it as well. So I have a rule with all my business partners, but also my employees and so on and so forth. You know, if it's not inviting, it doesn't exist. And it's not, again, it's not for the sake of, you see, I told you so it's inviting. No, it's just to remember what we talked about. It can be as simple as a text message, WhatsApp, 
not everything needs to be a formal meeting and a formal writing with like signing documents. It's more of a communication. We said we're going to do ABC, not just in the beginning, but hey, you said you're going to do that. I said, let's, let's just now let's just send a, a quick note to each other and have it documented what we talked about. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. And I think it's a very good rule of thumb, you know, for any business at any level, you know, so I would recommend hundred percent, man, UV, I feel like we could just keep going and going and going and we're, we're times already up, but, uh, I feel like we touched on just a lot of core principles, uh, that make business owners successful. And just to highlight a couple of the things that we really focused on that I think were critical is number one, creating that experience not only for your customer and, and client, but for the culture in your business, the, the people that work with you and for you. And then number two, I am actually really glad you brought this up, was partnerships. And people that are newer to the space, like when they hear the word sales and they get this bad taste in their mouth, I think a lot of people hear partnerships and get this bad taste in their mouth. But at the end of the day, you and I both know that the right partnerships can be the best thing that have ever happened to you. And you could create the best relationships, friendships. And even if they're not blood, they're still family, right? right. Now, right. on the flip side of that, you can have really sour and poor partnerships. And part of that is learning. Part of that is experience. Part of that is growing. But at the end of the day, every successful business I can think of, every single successful business owner I've had on the show, they've created a one plus one equals three. If you find the right people with complementary skill sets, similar vision, I actually really like what you said about similar age group, religious, political views. That's a lot of things a lot of people don't think of. But when you find that, you can truly make magic and you can create an experience and just create that wealth that we were really talking about outside of all the financial gains. You can really create that life of opportunity and wealth. So awesome stuff you but what's next what's next for you and casvid like what goals do you guys have where are you guys heading from here yeah so a uh, few businesses uh, right now i'm working on but definitely casvid is my baby the vision is definitely to be one of the major player the major players in the employment industry kind of to have like the social media but specifically video based specifically for employment and opportunities and the goal is to have 100 million users plus, I know we'll get there, but 100 million users plus to have a good community to find, to help small businesses be successful and find good candidates wherever they are all over the world in a very affordable way. And for good candidates wherever they are all over the world to find great opportunities, great jobs all over the world. So that's kind of next. Um, we'll be there. We have hundreds of thousands of users. The next milestone is the million plus users, I, I hope we'll get there. I know we'll get there in the next year or so. And then from there, shooting to the sky. So what's next for me at least. Awesome. Well, really appreciate your time. And as we wrap up this interview, there's four questions I like to ask every guest that's on the show. And the first one being is, what is one book recommendation for those looking to scale and further develop their millionaire mind? Um, for me personally, I don't have any specific book. I'm not actually necessarily a big time book reader when it comes to you know business or or I cannot recommend a certain website or a certain blog or a certain coaching program or anything. I like to do it myself. I found myself over the years that actually reading out of people's directions or opinion maybe even restricts my creativity. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I like to just think about what I want to do myself. And then dive, just dive in and learn how to go, obviously using resources. So obviously I go online, you know, if I need some information, I, I'll Google it. I'll try to find information and 
trying to find very specific technical knowledge for what I need. But just as an overall, I recommend instead of reading an hour book or instead of going to a, you know, a weekend seminar, just roll up the sleeves and start doing it. There's a company who made a lot of money by saying, just do it, right? So, uh, you know, but yeah, just do it. I truly believe so. I appreciate that insight. And I agree. Um, and I actually did a social media post on this today, just of the excess information that we receive to a point where I think it actually creates a lot of analysis paralysis. People don't know what the next best move is because UV's telling you this thing. Dallin's telling you this thing. This person over here is telling you this thing. And people, they panic, they freeze. When I think in reality, to your point, allow time, allow moments of creativity to creep in and act. Allow it to come in and then take that action. And look, if it's not the right move, you'll figure it out. That's part of business. So appreciate that insight. Well, Yubi, what has been one of your favorite quotes that you've embodied and lived by? Yeah, it's probably related to the first question, but I would say uh, a friend of mine gave it to me 25 years ago. I don't, I don't know whose quote it is, but it's uh, something to like just take the jump, take the leap, and build the wings on the way down. I do believe in it. I do believe in just jumping in, you know, to whatever you want to do, and and then learn as you go. So yeah, I mean, I would say that's one of the quotes that I like the most. I love it. And you've got to expect the unexpected. Nothing's going to work out as planned ever. Yep. So, so Yuvi, if there was one thing you could share with fellow business owners that are beginning or simply trying to get to that next level, what would it be? Sure. So, I mean, a lot of uh, small businesses, the, the person starts themselves or maybe themselves plus one, or, you know, husband and wife, a couple of partners. Then you, you have to step from going from like a one-man show, you know, owner operator to kind of like something that is a little bigger. And that's where a lot of people get stuck. So the one advice at that point will be just let go. You'll train some other people. People will come. They probably will not provide the best business experience like you would. During that time, you're going to make a little bit less, right? The story goes on and on. But when you get the right managers and the right people to help you, you know, your business will be by far more successful. You'll be able to enjoy more time off and the story goes on and on, like we talked about throughout the entire hour. But yes, yeah, so the number one advice I would say, just let go. There are times that you need to understand it's not going to be perfect. That's okay. It's just okay. It's not perfect. And I think that's hard for a lot of business owners because we have this idea. We have this vision of how we want it to go. And sometimes you just got to take a yeah. step back. Just let go. Yeah. Uh, solid, solid advice. Well, Yuvi, how can our listeners learn more about you and your business or get in contact with you? Sure. If anyone who is actually looking for entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship advice, they can contact me on my company, Kazvid. Uh, it's C-A-Z-V-I-D. There is a way to contact me there. Definitely, if some of the people we were talking to and, or listening to us, they uh, look for employees or, or they're looking for a job themselves, I welcome them to download the app, make Kazvid and, and record a video, look for employees. Uh, or candidates looking for jobs or, or employers look for employees. And yeah, they can contact me through the app. They can contact me through the company. They can mention that, you know, they've heard about us or about me through your podcast. And, you know, I'll do my best to reach out back to them and help them in any way possible. It seems like it's been a passion of yours and it's been a passion of mine to help other people, you know, be able to sit here on a, in the middle of the week and do what we love to do the most and help people on the way. So. Excellent. And we'll include that information in the show notes as well. 
Well, look, this has been an incredible conversation with Yuvi. And if this is your first time listening, I'm so glad that you tuned in. People have been asking me what my company does. So since I have you here listening to my show, I'll share that with you now. So my company partners with busy professionals, just like UV, that are looking to experience significant tax savings, have more to invest, and even reinvest their hard-earned capital. And we work with other successful business owners like you by offering them opportunities to invest alongside us in large apartment deals. At Rev, we found that most successful business owners have a strong desire to give and to serve. And we simply provide a vehicle to enable them to grow and preserve their wealth so they can give of their time and financial success more abundantly and freely. If you've been wanting to get involved in apartment investing, but have been too busy to figure out where or how to start, then you can find out how I can serve you by visiting investwithrev.com and schedule a 15-minute discovery call. It can be overwhelming vetting the right investment and the right operator, but at Rev, we make apartment investing easy. UV, again, thank you so much for your time and inviting myself and our listeners into just your incredible journey and your mindset and how you have really created not just one, but multiple opportunities in this world of business. So really appreciate you taking time out of your day. So for that, I am truly grateful. My pleasure. Well, we'll be in touch. Thanks for the invite. It was great talking to you. And again, hopefully somebody benefits from that information, but regardless, let's stay in touch and let's make it happen. 100%. And to our listener, remember, you can't have a million dollar dream with a minimum wage work ethic. So go out there and earn your win for today. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Hope you got value from this episode of The Millionaire Mind, a journey into the mindset of successful business owners. If you want to get results, you've got to take the right steps to get there. Dallin hosts a free weekly educational webinar focused on teaching you how to start investing in apartments so you too can experience the benefits of real estate ownership without doing any of the heavy lifting. There you can gain insights, connect with others like you, and ask Dallin all your burning questions about how you can start owning apartments today. Go to themillionairemind.us. That link is in the show notes.